Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope today's message encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy today's message. All right. Hey, everybody. How are we doing today? Now that you are nice and comfortable and settled into your chairs, would you join me in standing? I want to say this. I had a, a, a couple of uh, friends that were like, Pastor, uh, I'm... I injured myself, do I have to sin? Like, no, just, I want to say that this ain't legalism. If you're sitting right now, your salvation is not in jeopardy. I like, I like to stand for the reading of God's word. And, um, but don't let it be legalism, please. That would get old. Hey, you know what I, I love about, um, it's going to sound like church speak here, but what I love about what God's doing right now is uh, I feel this spirit of God moving in uh, Ocean Church that is so hungry to just obey him and is going like, I don't care what it costs, what does it look like to follow Jesus? I feel that in Cape, Cape. I love what God's doing there. It's been so good just to, just to watch what God's doing there. There's, I saw people with some chief jerseys there, like, I'll forgive you. My daughter's always happy for you. Um, but that's it. This is, this is the wrestle that we have, that we come to Christ and we are in this repeating place. This is why Colossians says, as you've received Christ Jesus, so walk in him because it requires a death to self. It requires a submission of our will. And that, that's the way God's spirit is moving here. I wanna read from the book of Acts. This is the birth of the church. The disciples of Jesus are being obedient. They've waited for the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come and filled them and now they are, they are walking in the streets. Peter is proclaiming the gospel. And this is what he says in verse 36 of Acts 2. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, your children, and to those far away. So who's that? That's us. We're far away. We're 2,000 years away. (laughs) Far away receiving this promise. All who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. I like that there too. He preached for a long time. That feels good to me today. Strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves. Now listen to this. Watch the picture of just unity, and and it, it is this beautiful picture of family living together that is painted here at the birth of the church. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place. 
shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Come on, let's ask him to do it in us Let's pray together. Cape, let's pray. Father, we ask you right now that you would move in our hearts. This is a work of your spirit. Lord, what happened in Acts 2 was not the work of man. Man's wisdom, man's strategy could not, did not do what happened. And it's the same today. It's not our wisdom, our strategy. It is a work of your spirit. So together, Lord, we open our hearts. God, work in our spirit today. Work in us. Work deep within us. Lord, let the, let the Holy Spirit draw us to you. And Lord, I pray that, that every place that is brought to this place of contention of our way versus your way, our will versus your will, Lord, that, we, that all of those places would be submitted to you. We worship you. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. All right. So we're going to do something different today. Um, we're going to talk about making room in our marriages and our family. But, but I want to tell you, if you came to hear like, you hear that and you're like, okay, six steps to a, to a better marriage. I don't got it. Or 10 steps on how to raise your kids better. Keep moving. Not here. We're going to go to the Word of God, but we're going to do, do something different in that. Um, I'm asking you and, and, and Cape, and if you're online as well, I want this to be an interactive time together. And so I've set aside time in our service today, our time together to answer questions. And so there's a QR code. So everyone go ahead, get your phone out. I'm asking everyone to do it so that, that we don't feel awkward if you don't want to ask a question. But what we've done is we've produced and we've made this place where you can ask a question anonymously. We did it this last service, had over 60 questions that came in and I answered every single one. I did not. <laughs> I answered two. <laughs> so but what I want, I'm asking you to, to be a little interactive today. So I, I want to be able to point to Scripture in these places that, that are genuine uh, wrestle places for you that you're going through. How do I invite the Lord into this place in my life? How do I invite Jesus into this place of my marriage? How do I invite God into this place where our family feels broken and splintered? And, and so uh, we're going to make room for that. And so that's why I got a little iPad with me. And so I'll keep refreshing that. And, uh, and then I have time for, for uh, answering some questions or doing my best to answer these questions <clears throat> as we, we uh, move together today. So um, let me start with this so that, that you know, I love to, to tell you just good open stories of, of the brokenness of, of our lives and Anna and I's marriage and family as we try to do this because um, this is not a, a perfect thing. And if you think that the title pastor means that, that you got it together, I'm sorry to disappoint you. 
It does not mean that at all. So uh, Anna and I had an experience lately, and, and you know, like when you put your kids to bed, I, 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 it should be a spiritual moment. You want it to be a spiritual moment, right? You want it to be like your last time together before they go to sleep. You want to leave them on just like this beautiful, you know, godly moment where it's peaceful and they just drift off to, to wonderful dreams and all that. Well, we went upstairs to, to try to facilitate that the other night, and there were wet towels on the floor in their room. And so all the kids are together, and I walk in there, and I was probably pretty spiritual when I walked in the room. I was not spiritual once I walked through the door of the room. And so I was like, what? Wet towels? Are you kidding me? And, um, and there's always a spokesman. There's always one that just has something to say in those moments. And so uh, I'm, I'm going on and on about why are there wet towels on the floor? Why is this room cleaned up? And most of the kids are like, oh, my gosh, Dad. And then there's the one spokesman, which I will not reveal to protect the guilty, who said, uh, Dad, you know what really helps? When you raise your voice like that. I think, I think I spiritually said, Anna, you get to put them to bed tonight. <laughs> Y'all, we, we, have, we have brokenness in our families. And, and I'm not going to attempt to sit here and go like, like I said, six steps to a better marriage. That is not what our time is to be spent together on. You, you need to ask yourself, what are the things that the gospel of Jesus Christ invites me to that I can find nowhere else? You can find a lot of good leadership talks. You can find a lot of good, like, uh, music experiences. And we don't gather and worship to try to compete with Tay-Tay. Like, this ain't trying to compete with the Tay-Tay concert. That, that, it, this isn't trying, for all the old heads out there, this isn't trying to co compete with you 2 at the new Sphere in Las Vegas. I don't know if anybody saw that. That looked amazing. That's not what we do. We gather to bring our hearts collectively in worship to the eternal, almighty God that has stepped into humanity. And he meets us with the promise of his presence that goes beyond our feelings, that goes beyond circumstances. And listen, that is something that any other experience on earth outside of those that are centered around Jesus, they can't replicate that. But if we, we, we try to make what we do in, 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 in this setting about those places, and, and a lot of them, they're good things. Leadership talks are good things. Self-help is good things. These are, these are not bad things. But when it comes to the storms of life, hear me clearly, that is sand that your life cannot be built on. Yesterday, I had the privilege of meeting with a, a Ukrainian pastor, and and. He, he just talked about all, his main campus and the churches that he oversaw are all in northern Ukraine on the border where Russia has come in. And so they are now in occupied territory. And so reality for him is that, that his church is now a police station. The cross was taken down from the front of his building and his buildings have been taken over. 
And so the storms of life have come. And listen, as we talked yesterday, he said, there is a very clear understanding. You cannot build the church on sand of just good talks and self-help and experiences because when storms come, you're not, you're not built on anything that's going to stand. And it is the same in our marriages and our family. It's so fascinating to me that, that Jesus had a lot of people that tried to bring family stuff to him. I think it's in Luke chapter 12 that, that he has a man that's in the crowd that says, hey, teacher, tell my brother to, to divide our inheritance fairly. And Jesus says, friend, who put me as ruler over you? So like there, there's a lordship question. He's immediately saying like, well, you just see me as a teacher and you want me to slap a Band-Aid on your problem here and I want to go to the root. That's what he does. And, and there's so much, you know, even we can spend a lot of time on stats. We can spend a lot of time on, on these things that, uh, you know, around us right now, the divorce rate in America is somewhere around 55%. And, and I was going through, and, and this d divorce attorney put together a, 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 an article about this. So I'm, I'm going through this article, and he says, divorce rate is at 55%. And really, the purpose of his article was to discourage divorce, or to, excuse me, to discourage marriage. But he says, he, he said, what I experience and what I see is that you have 55% that get divorced, and then somewhere around 20% that are simply staying together for reasons outside of their commitment to each other like financial situation, or, or we have to stay together for the kids. And I'm telling you that Jesus came, God stepped into humanity so that life would be much more than that right there. The healing of Jesus Christ wants to meet us in the brokenness of our marriage and family relationships. But it isn't a 10 steps to a better marriage. It is a come and die that you might live. It is a I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith. What does that look like? When you're single and your body's burning with lust, you, you go to Colossians 2 and say, Jesus, you say I'm complete in you and I'm single and I'm lonely and I, and I want to obey where my body's telling me to go, but you say I'm complete in you. And so I, I let my roots go down into that. When you're married and you're in a season where it's like, hey, what's happening? Why aren't we connecting the way that we used to? What's happened? You are complete in Christ Jesus. And this is why everything is centered around this word covenant. And anytime that I have the privilege of doing, a, 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 you know, officiating a wedding or, or walking a couple through marriage pre-marriage counseling, it centers around this word covenant because our hearts and sin nature pulls us away and pulls us to contract thinking when God's spirit says, I've called you to live in covenant. This is how he relates with you and I in covenant. That is family to God, covenant with him. You realize that there was a time on the earth where every person on the earth was in perfect relationship with each other and God. There was only two people, but still, every person <laughs> on the earth was in perfect relationship with God and each other. And then just a, just a few verses, all of that changes. 
And so here, there's this reality that God's called us to, to come back to of living in covenant. And how do our hearts know covenant unless we center in or let our roots go down into the covenant God who teaches us covenant? Sin nature doesn't teach us covenant. This world doesn't teach us covenant. Jesus teaches us covenant. Let's do this. Let's make room for a question here. We'll see how this goes. This may be a terrible idea, but... Hmm. Should we just start with a good one? All right. It is a common thing in our world for couples to move in together before marriage. Is this biblically okay for a Christian couple to do? I don't know. No, I'm just, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I do. I do know. So let's, let's go at a couple of things. A lot of, a lot of things that, that are not in the Bible that we say that are in the Bible, like all sin's the same. Not in the Bible. Do you realize that Scripture separates sexual sin? Let me, let me give you the list of sexual activity that is affirmed and blessed by God. One man, one woman, the covenant of marriage. That's the list. And I, and I say that, and I want you to know, I do not say that from a place uh, of harshness or condemnation. I, I'm telling you, these are the places. This is why we are invited to this place of our will and God's will coming head to head. And it, it is a place. Why does it start with baptism? Because the reality is my way dies in the waters of baptism, and it is in that death that room for the power of God, the resurrected power of Jesus to meet us and to transform us as we are raised to new life in him. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. It, it, it's, so, it's so difficult to the, to the place, like once you start down that road, it is infinitely more difficult to stop. And yet I want your hearts filled with courage. God will meet you. He is the one that you can say, I am complete in him. I am complete in him. What my heart is, is that Ocean Church, like, there, there's this balance. See, what we, we want to take out the risk. Like, how do I date? God just highlight them to me. God, on a Sunday morning, I want to, I want to look across the church and just see this beautiful, smoking hot woman that our eyes meet, and then our eyes go back to you, and then they meet again, <laughs> and they go back to you. And we just know, we just know and God, just take all the risk out. Take all the risk out so I don't have to have any game. And, and he doesn't do that. He puts us in places where, where we, have to, we have to take a risk. Like, I, I'll forever remember opening the door. Hello, Anna Davis. Hello, Josh Hall. I was like, oh boy, here we go. But, but, but here's the thing, that, that we're not delivered from risk. We are delivered into a life of faith. 
My hope is that Ocean Church would be, be a place where there is a, a culture that, that men and women of God, it's not utopia. Men and women of God are going to Jesus in the real and the painful places of their heart and the places that he is, is inviting them to know that their identity is in him. And it's in that place, and so we are better. I get to, to, to get time with, with some young men in the church, and when we get together, I talk to them about, hey, when you date, I want you to know that you go into that date with the mindset of, if I am not going to be this woman's husband, I want to raise the standard in her heart of what a man of God looks like, acts like, and treats her. And so she's going to be better Regardless if it's our relationship that continues or it's for someone else, we want to raise that standard. And so the, these, are, these are the things. And so scripturally, just to, to clearly answer that, sexual activity outside of the covenant of marriage, because it is a covenant. Covenant starts... In the beginning, do you realize that the first covenant that God creates is the covenant of marriage? He, he, he creates a man and a woman, and there is consummation of that, meaning there is blood flow from that covenant and that union. And we see that pattern through the rest of Scripture. And so there is this union of two becoming one. And that happened before sin. That happened before sin. That happened in that place of the garden. All right. Question answered? Oh, that was a, that was a great affirming response from you. <laughs> I don't know, Josh. Is the question answered? That's what I just saw there. So the things I, I want you to know that, that, that we are united around. Number one is this. We're all born into a broken family. Every single one of us with Adam and Eve as the ones that, that went first and, and Adam sat there in passivity as his wife was deceived and it was this, this moment of the, that you and I wrestle with of, of the enemy saying there's more outside of the will of God. Joy, happiness, fulfillment, purpose, it's, he's holding back. There's more that, that is there for you it's simply outside of his will. And you and I have the same wrestle today. This is the continual place of our will, our flesh, and God's spirit. And he's so good with us. He's so gentle with us. So the first place that, that we look is we're all born into a broken family. You can find this in Genesis chapter 3. Let me skip down to verse 6. So Eve is deceived. In verse 6, it says, The woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, and she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their, lives were, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And it's our response. We're in this place. How is shame met? Not with good behavior. Shame isn't healed with good behavior. Shame is healed only by Jesus, the love of God. All right, you ready for another question? Okay. Wow. 
man, I love, I love you. Thank you for being so honest. Why would God allow my dad to be abusive to my family? Also, why, when I have prayed for my dad to change for years, he didn't change? Paul, Paul talks in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and he uses these words of a leaving of covenant. And he uses these words that, that a husband or a wife would leave. And there's more than just infidelity that, constitute le- that constitutes leaving a covenant. Abuse is one of those things. Abuse is a leaving of the covenant of marriage. And so I want you to hear, first of all, that, that what, what your dad did was outside of covenant. It was a leaving. And, and we know this. We say things like, hurt people hurt people. And, and as sometimes as we, we get older and, and we walk through things in life, we can look and, and God meets us and, and we're able to see things that we've experienced and even some of the people that, that have inflicted trauma on us that we're, we're able to see them in eyes of, of understanding and it doesn't justify and it doesn't uh, make any part of it okay for us to see and say, oh, I, I see that they, they walk through some things. I see where that came from. But what I want you to hear, and even in that question of going, listen, I, I, I am not someone that can just give you some little quick answer to say, and why has it, it changed? I am simply going to invite you and walk with you, if you'll let me, to Jesus and say, Lord, will you speak to us about this? Will you speak to my heart about this? Why? Why did this happen? Why didn't it stop happening when I was asking and praying and continuing to bring this before you? You know, these are the places that were rooted in this gift that God gave every single person. And you get in theological debates and people, they get in this place of like, why, is there, why does God allow evil in the world? And it's rooted in this answer because he gave every single person in humanity the gift of free will. We're given the ability to choose or reject the goodness of God. So I feel led to do this just because um, I, I'm so appreciative of your courage even to, to write that question in. And, and we're just going to take a second here and we're going to pray for you. And so just join me in faith. So Lord, these are places that, Lord, we feel very inadequate to address. And yet, these are the places that that our hearts are desperate to hear you. And so, God, thank you for the reality of who you are as the Father, the good Father. And so, Lord, I pray right now for my friend. Lord, I pray for, Lord, this heart that has been abused and been broken by this behavior. Holy Spirit, as you alone can, would you meet them? Would you speak and would you heal and restore that they would know that you are who you say you are. You are the healer. You are the one that restores 
our lives. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if all of us come from a broken family, here's the, the second thing. If we're born into a broken family, the second reality is this. We are born again into a whole family. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. That there is a spiritual birth that, that, that frees us, that, that, that brings us in this place. And here's the wonderful thing. That spiritual birth, I'm so thankful that it's not this outside-in work. This spiritual birth is an inside-out work. It is a, an inside where I don't get to author the work of God for your lives. We get in trouble when we, we say, like, if God is working in your life, this should be happening right now. And, and we take ownership from that. Now, there are very clear places in Scripture that we see the fruit of God's spirit and the fruit of being led by our flesh. And we have to lean into that. We have to be in this place of openness. You know, it was very interesting. I had a meeting this past week with someone that's been attending uh, Ocean Church and, and, and they wanna be more involved. And, and yet there were some things that they were wrestling with in their own life. Now, here's the wonderful thing. We're gonna, we're gonna take a good step in relationship today. <laughs> So they were out in public and, they were, and this was their, their wrestle. They were like, we see people from Ocean Church and we see them doing sinful things in public. Some of you got told on. <laughs> hmm. Now they didn't name any names or anything like that. But they said, um, and we see them at church and sometimes we even see them like serving. And, uh, and I was like, well, thank you for sharing. I need names and numbers, please. Of... <laughs> I didn't say that. But this is what I did say. I said, um, there, there's two, two places and two things that I see there that I want to address. Number one, I want you to know that Ocean Church is full of broken people. We're broken people. Number two... This is a, a process by the Spirit of God. And so if we are to, to fast forward a year, six months, and we have a time machine, my expectation is that those people would look differently six months or a year from now. And if they don't, there's a failure that is either two places. One, they have a pastor who is afraid to tell them true gospel of Come and die that you might truly live. Your flesh must be crucified. No longer you that live, but Christ that lives in you. And so it's either my failure to make that clear or their failure to, to wrestle with that and say, God, my way, your way, and choosing theirs. And so th this is, this is right. we are born again. And this is why communion is, is such a, a wonderful sacrament that we, we do. Why, why is that so important? Because it is a reminder of how this is in us. This isn't an outside-in work. This is an inside-out work. And so every time we come together and we take communion, it is a reminder that the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has freed us, and it is an inside-out work. And we are saying, Jesus 
from the inside out work. Lord, I wish it was all cleaned up, but I, I, I don't know how to do that. But I bring you myself, and I ask that this work would happen from the inside out. I want to continue this this next week. You know, uh, John chapter 4 is this amazing account of a Samaritan woman. And she is the epitome of, of brokenness in marriage and family. Jesus is sitting at a well with her and he says, get me a drink. And they have this back and forth in this exchange and he says, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And, and it's fascinating, her response is, well, you don't even have anything to get water with. The well is deep and you don't have a bucket or anything. And, and it's so, so, such a good picture of how we, we look at the brokenness of our lives. And we, we want a formula. Like, we want something that just, just tell me how to do it. Give me the three steps to fix it. And Jesus begins to talk to her about the reality of living water and how that when we receive living water from him, it becomes a spring of life in us. It's a spring of life. And her life was transformed because she received a spring of life. I want to do another question before we... question says, my son has cho chosen an alternative lifestyle. He's living as a homosexual. I know God loves him, but doesn't affirm his orientation. How do I pray for him? You know, I said earlier that there is, there is one situation that is affirmed and blessed by God for sexual activity. And, and, I, and I want you to hear very clearly that John chapter 1 says this. It says, Jesus came in grace and truth. He, he was the, the perfect, he is the perfect expression of grace and truth. And I say it this way, that, that grace without truth is meaningless and truth without grace is mean and what I want you to hear is that if your desires are same-sex desires I invite you to bring those desires to Jesus I invite you to wrestle with him And the cross allows us in every place, invites us in every place, even the ones that, that seem to be the deepest places of identity to lay down and to say, I lay this down and I root my identity in Christ.
I don't get to write your story. He does. But it has to be his story, not yours. Now, what I want to provide for you and what I want you to find at Ocean Church is that same response that as you come in, that there is a continual place, a a repeating voice. Matthew 9, Jesus says, pray laborers into the harvest field. Matthew 9 is this beautiful picture of Jesus preaching, healing, teaching. It would look like the perfect service for us. And yet in that, he said, they're, they're like sheep without a shepherd. So pray laborers. You're the laborers. Ocean Church, you are the laborers that are to walk in grace and truth and say, God has expressed his heart through his word, and we are to bring our lives to him and be found in Christ. Jesus said, if we lose our life, what is losing your life? He is saying, Lord, I submit my way for yours. As my creator, I do not get to tell you what my sexual orientation is. You are my creator, and so God, I bring my lives to you. And I want you to know he will meet you in the fear and the trepidation in the most difficult places that that wrestling can take you. He will meet you. You are complete in Christ Jesus. There's not an asterisk. This is what it is to be whole and complete. Can I tell you one more story? I mean, I'm two minutes past. Is that all right? Like, so, um, we've had this repeating moment where um, Anna and I will think the kids are in bed and and then there'll be a knock at the door and then there'll be this ridiculous question of why was the door locked? And so the other day I told Anna, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tell the kids that we have sex. And uh, she was like, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) This is going down. So one of the offenders came came into our room. And um, so there were two of them (laughs) in our room. And uh, it was awesome because... Uh, I said, hey guys, can I tell you why um, the door is locked sometimes when you guys come downstairs? And <laughs> one of them went, I know where this is going, and immediately walked out. <laughs> like, walked right out the door. <laughs> but the other one was just like, yeah, why? <laughs> I was like, this is about to get good. And, uh, and so I said, well, because mom and I need time together. And they were like, yeah. And I'm like, and sometimes that time together means having sex. They were so mad. <laughs> so angry. 
But I do want to tell you, we haven't had as many knocks at the door lately. <laughs> Y'all, there are these places that shame wants to keep us locked up. There, there are these places that, that seemingly are, how can we have these conversations? And there is an unending supply of shame that the enemy wants to fill our lives with so that we never open our hearts to what God can do. And so the response is this. It's not 10 steps to a better marriage. It is come and die that you may truly live. I want you to bow your heads with me. Cape, I want to ask you to do the same. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 16. He said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. I want to ask you firstly, if, if you've never received Jesus, if you've never submitted your heart, your way, and said, Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord, be my Savior, I see you not as just a teacher, not as just someone with good ideas, not just a good man, but you are God. And the Holy Spirit is drawing you, and you know you're saying, Josh, I, I want to receive Jesus. I've never received him before as my Savior. Would you lift your hand? I want to pray with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your courage. Would everyone look up and we're going to pray this together. And it, it is this prayer that, that echoes. Guys, go ahead. I know you were trying to get. Every time they try out to try to come out to get, get everything, I walk back, and then they have to go back and forth. So, sorry. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> um, Colossians 2, you hear me say this all the time. As you have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. And if we only bring a portion of who we are, if we only say, Jesus, I just don't want to go to hell, but so I want that part, but this lordship and your way over mine, I don't know that I can deal with that. This is why it's so important that you hear receiving Jesus is not just fire insurance for hell. This is a laying down a baptism, death to my way, raised in newness of his life. That's what we're going to do right now. I want every single one, cape and here, to pray with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you as the Son of God who stepped in, died for my sins, 
and is inviting me to new life. I renounce my way. I lay down my will. Jesus, your will be done. Not my will, not my way. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or would like to connect with us, visit us at oceanchurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.